Dr. Sugi is originally from Sri Lanka. She is a licensed psychotherapist in New York and New Jersey, a certified substance abuse clinician in New York and internationally. She is also an approved DWI assessor and a clinical screener for impaired driving offenders in New York. She is a strategic leader and a motivational speaker as well. Dr. Sugi has worked in behavioral health, mental health, quality research, and substance abuse counseling for over 20 years in various treatment settings. She has delivered two TEDx talks so far, Immigrant Resilience and I Am Not My Past, Rising Above Trauma. Dr. Sugi is passionate about research and is involved in numerous qualitative, quantitative, social, and marketing research, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Sugi's passion is to use her skills to help individuals recover and rebuild their lives from the devastation caused by traumatic events, such as war, natural disasters, recurrent substance abuse, and maladaptive coping skills, which we touch on in our show. She has extensive experience providing individual and group counseling while utilizing evidence-based approaches to help adults and children reach their treatment goals. Please join me in giving Dr. Sugi a warm welcome to our show today. I'm so excited today. We have the first interview in several months, so I think this will be really, really fun. Today, I am really pleasured to be joined by Dr. Sugi. She is a licensed clinical psychotherapist in New York and New Jersey. And today we will be discussing coping mechanisms, trauma and culture, as well as resiliency and the brain. Dr. Sugi, can you introduce yourself to our listeners today? Yes, thank you so much, Lauren, in Saturday morning, this beautiful podcast and inviting me. Yeah, I'm Dr. Sugi. I'm uh, originally from Sri Lanka and uh, I'm a licensed psychotherapist, as Lauren said, New York and New Jersey, Six Sigma Black Belt and multiple settings and areas, more than 20 years experience in behavior health, nationally and internationally and substance abuse, national and international certification. I'm holding as well and strategic leadership. Thank you again, Lauren, for this beautiful opportunity. Oh, likewise, Dr. Sugi. I'm so glad we got the chance to connect via LinkedIn. And yes, you have a very impressive long list on your resume. It goes on and on and on. I wish we could get into some of the wonderful accomplishments that you've achieved. But I think that for the purpose of today's episode, I'm really stoked to touch on these topics because I haven't really had anyone on to discuss um, some of the, the points that we'll be speaking on today. So I would love to learn more about you. If you can share your own journey or story as much or as little as you feel comfortable with our listeners, that would be a great place to start. Sure, it's it's not a rosy road, never. It was really challenging uh, journey, Lauren, when I, uh, as I said, I'm from Sri Lanka and when I grew up, poverty is one of the key areas we experience. Even we did not have electricity, I'm not sure most of the viewers cannot imagine a world without having a power card make them panicky, right? We did not have use kerosene oil lamp, always in a fear it will fell down, you know, have um, have a fire or something. Then we have 30 years of war in my country. We, we are the secondary impacted people. Then we had tsunami and my father died when I was three years old, growing up with my mom in my culture, they don't get married again, you know, and having... <laughs> 
my nowadays it's changing but at that time many years back that's the cultural thing like it's one man one life family kind of uh, attitude perception and therefore in my life lauren education and family are the two perspectives like key elements in, in my life that's why i always when somebody asks about something, education comes as the first thing because we see education is the only thing give us the light to the future, right? No matter what, you have to strive hard and your education. At the same time, family, it's not like I see I lived in multiple different countries throughout my life. Like mostly in the European American culture, mostly towards the individualism, but Europe, different countries has extended family concept. But in my culture, it's more toward extended family, right? You go into deep down, going to discuss about coping mechanisms. That's my coping mechanism, my support system, right? And the other thing is the never give up attitude, you know? No matter what, like my life theme is hope for the best, cope with the rest, right? Always something going to come up. You're going to cry, you go to the bathroom, come up and go there live. That is in a nutshell my life, Lauren. And today who I am, all these things, all these uh, elements make me to be Dr. Sugi today. Mm. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. I'm, I'm sure you have much to be proud of. And that sounds like it has a lot of adversities and challenges between, you know, the cultural implications. And I'm sure the difference from coming from, you know, Asia to America was a huge culture shock at first. It's so different. Yes, truly, yes. Yeah, you did mention that um, one of your coping mechanisms was your support system. I feel by the sound of that, that sounds like a really great coping mechanism. Um, would you say that that had a positive influence on your life or were there challenges associated with that as well? That's a great question. Always when people hear uh, family support, they think like a, a cultural support, it's positive. <laughs> you have a great, great capture there. It's positive and there are ways it's negative. I'll give you quickly two examples. Positive in the sense, just assume you have a baby you want to take care of, right? And like a next door neighbor comes, your cousins, grandmas, everybody there for you, right? That's awesome. Right here, you have to pay $1,000 for child, uh, the child care, right? I cannot put the next door. But in my culture, hey, I'm going to the uh, shop or something. Can you take care of my, my baby? I don't have any fear. Anybody comes to my home or, you know, taking care of. At the same time, that makes challenging too. I think in my second TED talk, I talk a lot about trauma and rising about trauma. That is one of the things, right? When too many people in your life sometimes you losing yourself, right? It's give the opportunity to other people to influence, right? For example, 
I'm, I'm married 20 plus years and first 10 years, I want to travel. I want to experience the world and I want to financially establish, right? I don't want my son to have son or daughter to have the similar situation where I went, right? We both were same. My husband is doing his doctorate and all these things. People do not know much about it, right? In after 10 years, we accomplish most of our goals. We want to have a baby. And people were like, throughout this journey, especially in my culture, oh, you live in America, you have everything without having a baby, you are nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And I was, you don't know what kind of pain I go through, how much I am like a suffering myself to achieve, right? And I don't want to sometimes tell whole story to people like, even today, when people see Dr. Sugi, she's like accomplished everything. No, every single day, there are some challenges, right? What I do, Lauren, is how much let these things to impact on me, right? Therefore, that uh, I had two miscarriages, but every single time when people say I'm like worthless, like without having a child, that especially came through my culture, like, you know, surrounded therefore they are the ones who helped me one point they are the ones who broke my heart and mind into pieces therefore I love that question when you ask like a support system my um, advice like it's not advice like my experience starts what I can share with you uh, to the viewers listeners what I can say know your boundaries no, you let them come. It's like a wind, right? When the wind comes, we go out, oh my God, fresh air. Sometimes it's too much air, right? We were like, oh my God, no, too much. I'll go inside the house. Exact same way I, I'm telling you others. You feel that the fresh air, it's embracing you. It's giving that cool feeling, embrace it. If it is giving like, oh, it's too hard for me. I cannot tolerate go inside in your own space. That's what I can share. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries are just so crucial. And I feel like there's a lot of um, misunderstandings when it comes to boundaries, because everyone is so unique as to what might be an appropriate boundary for them might not look the same as someone else. So they're not black and white. I think it's unique to every individual. But speaking of boundaries, I'd love to touch on some other unhealthy or destructive coping mechanisms that people might develop as a result of trauma. In particular, for a lot of my listeners, they've experienced sexual violence, domestic abuse, neglect, abandonment. And as a result of that, there's implications in their relationships or their ability to be intimate with people or set healthy boundaries. So do you mind sharing um, what you've observed as a mental health clinician when it comes to that? Yeah, it, it, it is a really, really great area. I appreciate you discussing it. Bound, as you said, every individual is unique, right? I wish I have a super magic wand and say, hey, Lauren, one, two, three, this is the steps you take it, you are in a safer place. It's not going to work. Even evidence-based literature can say, hey, this is the best way to have 
uh, healthy boundaries or your therapist can say, but sometimes some people, what the heck they said, it's not working for me, right? Because you are the one who's going to know the dynamics. And for example, right? In my culture, parents, right? We cannot think about parents uh, in an adult home or anything like that because it's a taboo kind of in my culture. But sometimes I'm not saying to put the, the parents in the adult home. That's not my point here. The point here, when you are having your families, right? Sometimes your worldview going to be changed than their parents had it, right? My parent maybe wants me to study a lot. I'm a mom. I have a super cool relationship with my son. What do you want to do today? All right, like you want to go outside and run? Like, let's do it, right? If it is my mom, she was like, okay, in the morning, just can you read like one hour? I'm not that mom, right? You want to order food today? I'm not saying every single day. Or okay, let's give a try. Like yesterday we did it, um, the food he wants to test out some sushi. I was like, sure. Like my mom will not allow that kind of a behavior, right? You know how the schema build up, right? When we are as like people, it's it's my perception in my head. Now, when I build relationship with others, even my son, I'm thinking two times, right? When I spend the money, oh my God, I should say uh, rather than spending it, right? Because I'm coming from a culture where poverty is something money is so valued. My, but my little man did not know nothing about it. He has choices, right? I did not have much choices, right? For example, I did not have pencils. Sometimes my mom didn't have money. What I used, you know, the pan clip, when the pencil is going down and like small, I put the pan clip to put it, it's a longer. My son, today when you go to a dollar store, you have 12 pencils, right? I, I just want to aware whoever going through any situation, right? It may be the sexually molested or to the natural disaster, whatever. And you know how you feel. Therefore, I think you are the best researcher. You are the best decision maker, knowing you what is best strategy to have the healthy relationship. Sometimes, Frank, with you, in my culture, for uh, um, what you call the adult or the authority figure, we don't look at eye to eye. I go there to my mom and I say, listen, right step back this is what i took it took so much energy so much guilty feeling even after i sometimes go there and tell her something my different viewpoint and my heart pounds go and like oh my god did i do like right because i have that previous for take it in the other spectrum of the like my son come there why did you say? Why did you say, mommy? No, no, I don't understand. Tell me. I'm like, how the hell you are so bold enough to come and say, therefore, I now maneuvering myself 
developing my skills, how to have a positive, healthy uh, relationship with my son, not impacting my previous thoughts and behavior. It's daily basis, new learning, new adjustment. And sometimes I can say some viewers I feel things in my body right mm -hmm. when I'm getting nervous anxious I do not know how you feel Lauren I my hands getting very cold right mm -hmm. then I know oh my god okay Sugi step back step back breathe you know before I make some decisions I check myself therefore uh, going back to your questions when it comes to healthy relationship, it's maybe husband and wife, it may be children, it may be parents, it may be friends, colleagues, workplaces. You have to know the both dynamics, where both individuals coming from, rather than sometimes I think the relationships damage because we take the word at that time we exchange we do not have the time to think about why it came through or where it came through rather than we really rush in to prove we are right <laughs> therefore like i was that hard-headed uh, woman in the past if somebody says something because some i have so many wounds in my body like you know people talk about my skin color i'm not good enough you know therefore in the past if somebody says something what did you say why did you say like, like my whole demeanor changed now even if somebody says something I was like, it's okay, Sugi, you know your value, who you are. It took so many years. Still, I have unresolved issues, unresolved wounds, but I am in a position where I can survive. It took so long to give the answer. I'm sorry, Lauren, but I, I love the question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's developing that trust within yourself, that personal relationship within yourself, your belief in your own self-worth. And I love that you brought up, um, I lost what I was going to say, but you brought up the feeling in your body and mm -hmm. intuition and tuning into your body signals. Cause especially if we have experienced a trauma, we tend to become disconnected from our bodies and it can be difficult to learn to tune into what our bodies are telling and communicating with us. Mm -hmm. agree yes yeah and I know that you you have your KSAC and I wasn't planning on speaking about this but I feel like a lot of times when we've experienced a substantial or um, pretty heavy trauma a lot of people can develop coping mechanisms around substances drugs alcohol or even behavioral addictions like eating disorders self-harming sex dating even love and sex mm -hmm. addiction um do you find that a lot of the patients that you've worked with when you were uh, treating in a clinical drug and substance abuse setting were impacted by trauma in their early childhood years yeah that was that is awesome like i did not even thought about it like uh, in the previous year i thought about it but today it was 
very, very different in sometimes different settings, right? Just assume in my culture, if somebody molested, right? I did a research uh, as my uh, bachelor's in psychology uh, for the pedophiles and their mentality uh, and mental background. At that time, I visited all the prisons in Sri Lanka. I interviewed people who were uh, raped or molested uh, little kids, right? And what I see in my culture, if somebody comes having, first of all, very rarely people comes um, to a shrink or therapist for mental health issues or drinking issues. Drinking is normal, men drink and they come, they beat the woman and next day you are the lovey-dovey, he is like a, a man in my life, right? And the next yeah. day because the 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 figure is so important, the male figure. Mm -hmm. They don't talk about because whatever happens to them in the past, right? But when it comes to uh, United States, we very first like let them go to 12-step program and all these things, right? And if they have eating disorder, we uh, first get medical and collaboration with the mental health uh, services, cognitive behavior, health therapy. Some people go through like uh, identifying their deep-rooted uh, problems. What I see in the clinical setting, that is the question you ask, right? I'm not sure we really go deep down and collaborate those both that aspect of substance abuse and mental health and where it's coming from at a holistic picture. Some therapists do it, some people do it, and but what's happening, what is your immediate challenge? Your immediate challenge is, I, uh, I'm like per day having 10 drinks. All right, what do you, what do you think why you do it? I don't know, you know? All right, let's have a plan. We go through the cycle or you are in the denial phase now. Let's like have understanding. You understanding, you know, like a motivational intervene process. Mm -hmm. I think we are so structured, Lauren, and like what we do, right? And I know given time, you have 30 people in your caseload. You want to do your work, right? You have to do your progress note. <laughs> but my but my point bring back to previously you mentioned about everybody is unique. I think if we take little time to incorporate this holistic perspective on where this problem comes, right? When I was a 13 years old girl, I I, I don't have a drinking problem or eating problem, right? Now it is coming to the service because maybe I'm going through the, so much stress or I'm going to build up a relationship. I have a fiance now. Now it's coming through. I was molested in the past. Now my body says, right? I do not know. I'm not sure how much you see in. I don't see that 
link. I see it's not very dotted line. Some people tap in. Then when you're ready to tap in that process, your time period, your 14 weeks or something gone, right? Mm -hmm. Now you change to the next patient rather than continuation of service. Oh, you can go to a some kind of a resource center. These are the resources available. I do not I cannot say, I don't want to generalize, but I think really we tapped into the deep down of where it's coming from. That's why I think it's keep on coming. Now you build up a relation somewhere, you survive a little bit. Now again, this coming, it's like cancer, right? You have to treat it to the, if it is a breast cancer, sometimes you have to remove, right? Mass rectomy. If not, it's coming up same way like if you don't address like where it's coming from therefore i see these kind of situations but it's addressing it to the grassroots level i think that is lacking in my perspective hmm. very interesting yeah that is a good point i wanted to also hear your opinion on resiliency because I know that you you speak about resiliency and it's a very intriguing topic to me. Do you find that trauma impacts a person's level of resiliency? I'm curious as to your opinions on, do you think it builds resiliency? Do you think it hinders resiliency? Where is resiliency coming from? I, as I said, it's individual person, right? Yeah, I went through hell of things, right? Some people, when they hear the story, you still survived, you know? Mm, yeah. And it's coming from your mindset, right? In my mindset, I do not want to give up. As I said, two miscarriages. Third one, when I went there, you are in a red light zone, right? Doctors were like, you have to do this, that. I was like, okay. I'll go there, I'll do it, right? And in in the personal life too, as I said, even when you're working in, in your families, you go through many, many things, people going to pull your leg, right? <laughs> my mindset is how much you, I think it's my, um, what is her name? Angelo, Maya Angelo, right? She says like, you can shake me, you can crush me like wind. I always like come out, right? That's me, Lauren, right? Maybe I'll knock out today, but somehow I'll find energy. But I see in my life, there are some individuals when it, that vicious cycle over and over again happening, they do not know how to react to it. Some people are really having challenging time. That's where we need to have some kind of a coping mechanism and what works for you. Either crying, go to the bathroom, come out, you're good. Or writing, listening to the music, or talk to people, talk to yourself, do gardening. I'm a huge gardener, like do out six months, I don't buy anything outside. Do gardening or something, right? And you have to identify what works you. Otherwise, you are going back to the same place where you are. You are not progressing in your life. I mean, like 
success word i do not want to use you are not going to su be successful because success defined different like some people getting out from the bed and go to the bathroom is a success right mm -hmm. because they are so much wounded so much pain in my case maybe i have different goals therefore i think it's life goal should be progressing how much you want to progress I don't give a damn about, sorry, damn about it, how much you progress. It's your measurement, your goal. But as long as you go forward, you think you are doing it, that's where. For that, going back to the beginning uh, discussion, know yourself, who you are, what's working best for you, what are the boundaries, how to keep it, where you need to get the professional help, will help you to progress. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. I think we're always a, a work in progress and the only person we should be competing with is our past selves. And it's amazing to look back at your life 10 years ago, five years ago, even six months ago and see where you were then and where you are now. I think those little wins can really build our confidence. Yes, I agree, I agree. Yeah, I wanted to share with you my top three favorite healthy coping skills. And then I wanted to ask you what yours were. I know you mentioned gardening. So for me, when I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed or anxious, my favorite ways to get that cathartic release in a healthy way, I would say journaling, meditating, and doing yoga or going outside in nature. What are yours? Yeah, my one is, as I said, we do gardening six months. It's like a family project. We all together, you know. Yes, and we don't buy anything outside, any vegetables or fruits or anything. And it's it's awesome. Like, you know, when you go there, you see birds coming, like, you know, and all. That is first thing. As I said, I'm Buddhist, right? I'm born Buddhist and uh, practicing Buddhist, right? And therefore, we are in the process of like doing meditation is as child, um, we, we grow up in that. I don't do now anymore like a deep meditation, but if there's a situation like today, even before I come here, right, I was like, it's okay, Sugi, like five minutes, like, you know, calm yourself, kind of the things I do. And writing is my area. If you see my table, I have small index card. I write it. Sometimes it's not writing. I was like, oh, like some meetings or something you were in, like, you know, or something you go through. Like sometimes you draw a picture, right? Okay, like a, it's a crazy picture in my case, like not a masterpiece or like Picasso's masterpiece, but I expressing myself. Those are little things I do. And the other thing I talk, Lauren, I talk to people whom I trust. Sometimes in my life, when I have a challenging situation, I talk to people. They are not the best helpful, frank with you. I remove them from my life, right? If I'm in a challenging situation, they say like, you know best, like you can do the best. Hell, if I know the best, I'm not asking anybody, right? And sometimes people use that opportunity when you are vulnerable, when you do not know what to do, use that opportunity to, I don't know, it takes some pleasure out of it, you know, 
see like you in a challenging situation. Even I don't care what social media I remove them. I, I'm thankful people who identify blocked uh, version. <laughs> I block them, I remove, I don't even think about them. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the things like uh, in my life I do like <clears throat> social I said uh, I, I remember you said you have some younger generation in uh, as your listeners I want to tell them sometimes when you put a picture right and <clears throat> when I put a picture myself in uh, 10 years 15 years like maybe 20 years ago people say so beautiful you're super pretty when that time my culture people said you're black you ugly same picture today, people coming up and say, you're pretty, right? Mm -hmm. Therefore, I want to know if I'm not living in America, I'm not successful, are you going to say same thing to me? Mm -hmm. Therefore, some people, I do not know, I, I do not take it so much into consideration when they say good, bad, ugly, anything in this social media, much about it. Yes, there are certain things you can take it. Today, younger generation live with it, right? All the social media, they were so upset about if somebody says your, your ears are like a little bit like a, a cooker or something, right? And I don't, this is who I am. You want to accept me, embrace me. I'm not going to do a plastic surgery to appeal to you. If it is for my physical reasons, medical reasons, I have to do it to survive. That's totally different reason. If I want to share it with you or not, it's up to me. But that's where I see Lauren. <clears throat> Even sometimes my, I'll real quit. I'm not sure you have time, but I want to say my son went to a private Catholic school, right? When, when he was in kindergarten, my husband, this family, everybody is six footers, except my son, I got the, uh, not the six footer, but my son got that jeans. Therefore, okay. even as a little kid, he is big made, right? Okay. When he was in kindergarten, his, uh, what you call the classmates started telling him, you look like a grandpa, act like a grandpa and talk like a grandpa, right? Because he's a matured individual. I do not know where it's coming from. Like other kids maybe jump in something. He's the kid go there and say, hey, don't jump in. This can, <laughs> this can impact you to fall down. I do not know that's who he is. Like if anything happens, he go there, take care of people, right? One day he came to me and he said, Every day when he come back school, we talk. He said, okay, mommy, uh, listen to me. I failed to talk from my eyes, but I did not cry. I cried from my heart. I said, what happened, Warren? He said, this is the situation. Then what I did was we turned the table. I said, Warren, being a grandpa is a really awesome thing because he's the matured. Everybody respects him, right? Think about like that. Then he wrote his book, not yet published. And we discuss about it. My point is, even kids nowadays can come up with things, listen to them, turn the table around it as much as parents or whoever colleagues, give them the tools to survive. Today, if somebody tells something to him, 
he knows how to respond to it, right? Mm -hmm. Therefore, in conclusion of our discussion, I want to bring it to uh, the listeners, viewers, like what we discussed. We all unique. We all can go through something. It may be trauma. It may be something else, right? But at the same time, identify you, know your capabilities, know your boundaries, develop some coping mechanisms that will lead you to progress. When you need it, never hesitate to reach out to the resources, professional resources. 100%. Well said. Thank you, Dr. Sugi. Where can people connect with you, work with you, find you, and what are you presently working on? Sure, and uh, there's no big uh, goals in my life. As you know, I'm a volunteer, uh, the chairwoman for VFW for youth. And I do this year, my goal is to do so much uh, things for my community, share my story, go bold and empower and encourage others. I am in LinkedIn, I'm in Facebook, I have two Facebook groups, I have two YouTube channels, one is only for people who are from Sri Lanka because I identified the gap in mental health, the other I recently started from uh, the English channel, Heal Your Soul with Dr. Sugi, and those are the areas you can find me. Um, and again, I really, really appreciate you, Lauren, and this like meaningful, insightful discussion and uh, having this uh, and uh, it's eye-opening for the people giving this really great knowledge and experience with people. I truly appreciate you and admire you. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, your energy, and your wisdom. It was so nice to have you on the show today.